Welcome to the Business of You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gogos. This podcast is dedicated to helping you uncover how to turn your big idea into big business and grow your personal brand into the business of your dreams. Each week, I'll talk to founders of all kinds of businesses, exploring how they launched and grew their companies. Behind every successful business is an epic journey, one that can serve as a roadmap to help you grow yours. The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to The Business of You. Today, I invite you to learn more about my guest, Mike Garden. Mike is a former derivatives trader turned investor and entrepreneur. He is the CEO of Rejoin Media, a holding company for digital brands and businesses. Mike is also the executive editor and host of the acclaimed Career Cloud radio podcast on CareerCloud.com. Mike is an advocate of remote work and intentional work-life integration. In fact, he runs his teams remotely from the beautiful and affordable Midwest, where he resides with his wife and three young boys. I hope you enjoy today's guest, Mike Garden, and learn a lot about how one builds a dream business around their family life. Welcome. Today, I have Mike Garden on the podcast. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so good to have you here. You've got such a fascinating background. I'm really excited to dive in and um, and hear your story of got how you got to pretty much running three different types of companies right now, right? And managing a portfolio as well. So can you share a little bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to give you the long version because there's just really no way to get around it. And I hopefully it'll... Um, help pull some threads, uh, and connect, connect the dots. So, um, I started my career as a futures trader in Chicago. So, uh, we were the guys kind of on the screen, um, you know, trading everything from natural gas, uh, and oil to S and P 500 futures, 10 year bonds and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, obviously I did that because I wanted to make money, but it was also this conscious choice of I'm young and I can take as much you might as well take the much more risk when you're young than when you're old. And so I, I did that and I would characterize my time there as being very mediocre. Um, I was good enough to kind of like hang around for five years and not good enough to sort of retire at like the age of 25. Um, and you know, just through that process, very difficult, very tough on the body and the mind and the psyche. Um, and I just woke up one day and I was like, I'm, I think I was maybe 27. I'm like, you know, if I'm 40 and still doing this, like I can't do it. And, and up until that point, I was always felt like my career progression had to be linear. You always have to do better. And I read a, uh, I was reading a book called the art of learning. And I read a particular chapter called, um, investing in loss, which is basically this idea that sometimes you have to go backwards to make a giant leap forward. And I quit, uh, my job like the next day, literally the next day after reading that. And just, I didn't know what I was going to do, but that just made sense to me. 
Um, I went back to school. I did a, an MBA in Chicago. And during that time, um, I got hooked up with a couple of electrical engineers um, who had worked on like the space shuttle and rockets and things like that. And they had a couple of uh, a couple of patents and things that they wanted to commercialize. And so I was like, oh, sure, I'll help you figure out how to raise money and do that. And uh, looking back on it, I was like, you know, I, I'm almost ashamed that we did it because I was so green and didn't know what I was doing. Um, but through that process, I got into content marketing. And the reason I got into content marketing was because I was sort of tasked with helping these really smart electrical engineers try to find um, buyers uh, and customers. And I didn't know how to go into like orbital sciences and knock on their door and sell into a, you know, a defense contractor like that. But I figured I could write <clears throat> and explain the value proposition in. Um, trade publications. And so I did that for them and got our first customers. And we ended up launching our, our products up into uh, the largest satellite constellation in orbit at the time, because Iridium Next. Um, long, story short, or long story short on that part is we kind of crashed and burned after that, just didn't have um, the oomph to kind of take it forward. But I ended up continuing my career within content marketing and got into the internet side of content marketing. So I got hired as the fifth employee at a company called reviews.com. We did your classic reviewing all sorts of products and services and growing that business on kind of like a search engine optimization type model. What we year had, was that, Mike? Sorry to interrupt. About, this was about 2013 to 2016 okay. time period. We sold that company to a... Um, a private equity firm. And I said, okay, what am I going to do next? I'm not quite sure. Um, but I have, you know, some experience starting businesses, so maybe I can do some consulting. And I did some uh, innovation and new business venture consulting for a large, um, uh, large insurance company, sorry, here in, in my area with, and it was always like my, my path there was I was either going to be CEO of one of these new ventures that we spin out, or I would go back and do something else. And it was pretty clear that I didn't have the stomach for kind of the corporate stuff that was going on. And so I just started laying the groundwork for um, my own, my own company in a, in a new way out of that. And, and I went back to my roots in content marketing and I decided to, start to acquire um, some small uh, website businesses and brands um, and basically invest time and money into growing those uh, on the same type of model that we used uh, at reviews.com. And um, I would just do that for myself. And I figured if I started from that and designed how I kind of wanted my life to be, um, and I did it while I was in my full-time job that when I coming out on the other end, you know, I would, I would be set up pretty good. And so after about a year and a half, I had what is now rejoin media up to the point where it could support myself and a team. Um, and now, and I left that, that job, that was about 2018 and, uh, been on my own, uh, ever since continuing to acquire new businesses and doing a lot of other types of, uh, investing. That's awesome. Can you share 
uh, how, how rejoin media work. So if you're acquiring companies and then you're growing them, if you can, you share some of the tips of, of how you're growing those and then how you yourself are monetizing yourself and your team. Cause those, you have multiple teams then, right. That you're managing with the portfolio companies. Really? So it's really just one team. Um, okay. We, we utilize contractors for a lot of the writing. So a lot of the inputs and outputs are, um, you know, obviously writing and um, creating pages on, that live, you know, on the internet. And so that's, and then videos and other types of, uh, of marketing materials and things like that. But so it, it's, a, it's basically like a small private equity company that's hands-on, right? So we take capital from a pool, um, myself, uh, and, and I have a partner as well. We take that money, we might go acquire a business. And then we need to also inject, you know, working capital into growing that business. And so that money all comes from personal funds. And um, then we have kind of a management team that helps uh, basically create the content content that we want and market that content. And, um, you know, the revenue really comes at, in this model comes from um, just advertising relationships uh, depending on the type of site. So the, the site that I kind of work most on is called is a career site called Career Cloud, where I also host the podcast there. And so we have advertising relationships uh, that that kind of underpin the growth of that company. And then um, we have all sorts of potential other ways to grow in terms of uh, the, the podcast being one. We do not monetize the podcast at all uh, right now, but. Um, that's one. And then d- doing d- other types of courses or coaching um, are things that we can kind of layer in the future. Where we're at right now is I kind of know SEO and advertising. And um, so I've been fortunate to kind of grow this to that point where we have uh, like a platform to really scale up uh, in different ways in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, having been a, a futures trader, where do you see the future of content marketing? How do you see that growing and evolving? What are some of the hot trends you're seeing? Uh, good question. Um, obviously, there's a there's a ton of <laughs> there's a ton of content out there now, right? So this kind of ties into <laughs> to branding. I think like uh, I think it really becomes about your point of view and how you define your point of view to cut through the noise. And so, um, because I have this platform, uh, specifically with career cloud and, and I enjoy talking to people and trying to, to help them with their career decisions, I I've been thinking a lot about, um, what is my specific point of view here that kind of cuts through this noise and, and where do I, where does my personal brand sit within that? Um, and where I kind of, I guess, come out is like the anchor that I like to talk about um, and that I think resonates a lot with people is it really two things. So number one, how do you live a balanced life when you're considering um, your career, family, other commitments? Um, my wife works full time. She's a doctor. Uh, we have three children. 
Um, so I talk a lot about like being a dad and a dadpreneur um, and how you balance those things. Um, so balance is certainly, you know, the first one, but then also like, how do you engineer your life to get what you want? So I'm kind of big on, and I kind of learned this in reverse maybe, but um, I'm big on figuring out what type of life you want and then figuring out how to build that. Yeah, I totally agree with, um, I totally agree with that approach, figuring out what you want, what you want your day-to-day life to be like, and then how do you build that? How do you create that? Yeah. So like when I was doing, when, when I was doing the startup, um, reviews.com, I was flying out to Seattle all the time. I was starting to have young children and I was always kind of a type A guy, like go, 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 um, get it all done, you know, (laughs) build it massive scale, all this kind of stuff. And when I got kind of done with that and I started having kids, I was like, man, I, and we had raised outside money as well. I was like, man, I don't ever want to do that again. Like, I don't ever want to take outside money again because I sort of saw the sausage from the inside of differing expectations. Um, and oftentimes your investors want you to go faster than maybe is sustainably allowed. And kind of, there's a lot of external pressures. And so I was like, you know, okay, I don't, I don't want that. Um, I don't want to build some massive thing. It's more important to me to build like a really tight knit team. And the, and the company is really about the people that work there. And I want to cr- create an engine for opportunity for them where we can be really close. I've, I don't want to have 150 headcount. I want to have, you know, a, a small team where we're just like a really tight knit crew. And so that sort of, and that allows us all to, to live the lives that we want. I, I say, I often say work life instead of career, because I feel like our work and our lives are ingrained. And, um, so I, I'm really trying to build rejoin media to to be that for our people, and I don't ha- I don't really have like these external sort of revenue goals. So my my point in saying all that is it, it was sort of by like um, finding the negative, finding like what I didn't want, uh, and and trying to eliminate that and build the company in a way uh, that kind of gave us maximum flexibility gave us the, the ease to be parents and husbands and wives and all of those types of things. Um, instead of the goal being, you know, grow, 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 grow all the time. Right. Right. It's interesting. You said you don't really have revenue or you're not driven by revenue goals for rejoin. Like, yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't put it out there like, Hey, this is what we're trying to achieve this quarter, this year. Um, growth matters because that's what gives you the opportunities. Um, and so it's interesting. Like I, I do, I, I, again, I told you, I kind of, I used to be like this kind of type a driven person and and that's shifted. And, and I think kids especially have shifted that in me. And so I do always have this battle between like, you know, you're being aspirational and what, uh, shooting for the moon kind of thing and, and coming back and and what's the balance there. And so I do, I was kind of like in my head fight that, um, well, am am I, am I not being, am I not pushing hard enough here? Um, but at the end of the day, again, what I'm after and what our people are after is flexibility and opportunity. And so if I can provide those things, I'm pretty happy. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're the third entrepreneur I've talked to in about a week and a half that has, um, has stated that instead of really driving growth by revenue goals to be driving it more by lifestyle design, essentially. Right. And I, I think that's, it's an interesting place to be. And for you, someone who you're, you know, self-proclaiming yourself as type A, you were a trader, you raised money. Um, how, how does that feel for you internally? Like, is, is that something you struggle with daily? And, and you mentioned you struck, you do kind of struggle with it, but like, how do you keep yourself in check to not just be driven by the bottom line and to be creating something that, um, embraces your lifestyle and those of the people that you're working with? Yeah, it, it is a struggle, but I would say I'm pretty much at peace with it. It's, it's the way to go for me. Um, it fits with my life. Um, and and I think where the change occurred is, um, I've stopped, I've stopped thinking and being like hyper rational about, um, things and always thinking about the the numbers and going more by feel like this is not, this is not a, um, a thing that comes natural to me. I, I've worked at it I've worked with a coach on it. Um, and I think like, as I've, as I've led with the feeling and how I feel about certain things, that's helped me and taken me in a good, in a good position. So instead of having like the revenue goals, what we do in, and rejoin is set up to be sort of like a, an idea and a project launch pad. Um, so it's more to me about surfacing opportunities, um, whether that's in research for acquisitions or it's internal products. Um, and if my team's coming to me with products that we can, you know, put some money behind, that's fantastic because that's fulfilling, um, kind of the mentorship aspect and, and it's getting growth opportunities for, for people that, that work with us. Um, and it also fuels this creativity, um, aspect of things. It, there's always something new where we're, we're trying to adapt and we're thinking about our businesses in different ways. So it's more about like the creativity, um, aspect and, and some of those aren't going to work. Right. And so yeah, ha- we have to have patience, um, and we have to accept mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How do you, uh, with Rejoin, do you have business partners that are equal partners? Like, how do you make decisions on what to acquire and on what to sell? Yeah, so I have a I have a business partner in Rejoin Media, and then I also have a capital arm called Rejoin Capital, um, and that's a different kind of partnership structure. And so the media one is really um, obviously websites and online type type things. And uh, the capital arm is other types of private investments. So we do have, we obviously are close. Um, re, the name rejoin really comes from uh, the idea of kind of two things. Number one, pe- the people that I work closely with, we've worked together uh, in previous lives, either through trading or through, um, you know, our, our rejoin or um, reviews.com days. So we're coming kind of full circle and we've reached each other, but it's also this idea of kind of getting back to base basics, getting back to what's important, getting back to just being like 
humans <laughs> on this on this earth instead of kind of like these machines that go out and and try to conquer the world. So there's kind of those two things. And so we're, we're close. We trust each other and we come together, um, you know, to make decisions basically. Mm-hmm. Is how. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is Marnock Health, is that one of your portfolio companies? So I'm on the board of that company. Um, and I do have a small, uh, an investment piece as well. Um, but that, that's an interesting story. So that is a, an example of kind of going by feel rather than head. So I was introduced to um, kind of the opioid crisis through uh, the doctor that founded that. And I said, oh my gosh, like, this is a horrible problem. I have young kids. This is like something that could potentially affect them when they get older. And um, what we're doing to treat this right now doesn't, isn't working. And so we just need different approaches. And so I was kind of like, this just needs to get done no matter what I could take a, you know, a hundred percent loss on this and waste my time. Um, and it would still be worth it. And so those are the types of bets that I'm looking for that hit me, right. It, it piques my curiosity. And then it says, there's just something about it. That's like, I just have to do this. Um, and so, uh, They've been open for about a year and a half, and the the patient um, reviews are absolutely off the charts. We're saving lives, um, which is unbelievable. And kind of the next step is figuring out how, so we have kind of like clinic one and um, a good model around it. And now it's like, how do we expand that to the best serve um, people? Is it um, a, a therapeutic type company or is there a, a replacement for opioids instead for pain meds or? It's full scale wraparound treatment. So the uh, patient can get every type of service that they possibly need. Um, there are obviously drug treatment protocols that uh, we use. Um, and then uh, all of the, all of the, counseling, laboratory testing, and um, kind of patient support type functions. Um, so it's it's a very comprehensive model and it's, it's fairly new. Um, it's certainly new in Wisconsin um, where, where I am located. Um, and there's a couple, there's a couple uh, other kind of examples around the country, but it's, it's fairly new. Okay. Awesome. Um, and then your your third company, which I find really fascinating, and I and as I read about it and I'm hearing you talk about your heart decisions versus your head decisions, I think this was clearly a feelings-based um, company that grew out of the pandemic. Quotebook, such a fascinating product and idea. Can you share how it, it came to be for our audience? Yeah, sure. So um, Quotebook's really simple. Right. All it is for for the audience, it's a notebook um, that families, uh, husbands and wives, boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend, friends, whoever it is, um, can kind of write down and capture funny moments or notable quotes that maybe somebody said to each other. So super, super, super easy idea. Right. Um, 
but it's born out of something that's really personal. My, my wife and I, before we were married, we lived in Chicago and uh, we were super busy. I was trading and she was in medical school. Um, and we would just kind of come home exhausted and we'd be sitting on a couch talking and inevitably somebody would say something funny, uh, to, um, you know, that was just designed to like make each other laugh or it was just off the cuff and didn't know it was funny until it came out of, came out of our mouth. So in 2006, we just started writing these things down and it became this diary of sorts where before we had kids, like if we went through a rough patch or had an argument or something, we could look back on this and, um, you know, kind of read some of these funny things and just get transported back to that moment. Um, and it just helped our relationship. And so I would, I would go to weddings and I would take like a moleskin notebook and I would write a note to, um, the couple. And I would say, Hey, this is how we do this. Like we, we, this is a process that we use. And, um, then we had kids and I have three young boys and kids are obviously hilarious. So, uh, the idea is just kind of taken off, um, in our family. And now we, you know, where the kids are always trying to find something funny to put in the quote book. And, um, we read from it at bedtime too. And which always makes us laugh, uh, obviously going to bed on a, on a positive note. And so like over COVID, uh, I just said like, man, you know, this, this is a business idea that I've had for a long time and I've never done anything about it, but it feels like I just have to do it. Um, and so, I put some money behind it, got a product built. I helped had my kids help me design the product um, and what it should, what it should be, what it should look like. And they, they always want to go in, a, you know, in the neighborhood and sell them door to door, which is funny. We haven't done that yet, but um, you know, they're, they're 10, eight and, and five. And so just that, that's kind of funny, but it was, um, it was this thing that solved a couple problems. Like one is, I just felt like it had to get done. Um, and then two is I, I've used the whole process to kind of teach them about entrepreneurship and what it takes. And, and so they understand you have to risk something like you have to outlay money to get these things done before anybody even buys anything. Right. Um, and you have to talk to people and you have to get feedback and understand how they're going to use a product. And so it's been this cool, you know, mentorship, uh, path with my kids. And of course, like that's the biggest mentorship relationship I, you know, I can possibly think of. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's great. Our, uh, you know, people love it. People buy for, buy them for wedding gifts, just like I envisioned, you know, way back in the day, um, people use them with their kids, baby shower gifts. I've had, um, financial advisors buy them for their, for their young family clients. Um, and it's just been like a great kind of feel good, story. And then I actually do give a portion of the proceeds to help fight opioid addiction. Um, because of this, because of this, this relationship with, uh, with the doctor and how he just educated me on the problem. And I, I look forward and I'm like, man, like, I don't want that to happen, you know, to be a problem with my family or my kids. And so let's do what we can to, you know, kind of curb it now. Right. It's awesome. I think it's such a beautiful idea. Um, how have you found creating and launching a product-based company versus service-based companies, right? Which have been your past companies, any different challenges and yeah. any marketing experiences? 
Yeah, there's different challenges. Uh, it's a great question because again, like the model that I, that I knew my skill, right. was, was putting up content, ranking it, you know, marketing it and, and getting advertising relationships. And so this really was, was kind of my first foray into product. And so it also, I mean, another reason why I did it was because I do want to go more in the product world um, in the future, in the future with rejoin media. And so it kind of was giving me some life lessons uh, <laughs> while I was building this. So yeah, it's definitely difficult. It's different. Um, the idea that you figuring out your messaging and your funnel on these types of things digitally is something I really hadn't, hadn't worked on at, at all. And so we've, we've had a lot of challenges like figuring out, okay, how are we going to get traffic from, you know, from Facebook or Instagram or whatever, how are we going to do that? And then create a compelling offer for them to just get in our funnel, right? Not make a purchase right away, but like get in our funnel. How are we, how can we segment people better to get to them, you know, in, in more of a urgent purchase type need? Like there's all these types of things that have been frankly, you know, really challenging. The easier thing for that product is to go sell it into retail actually. So um, we're trying, we're trying to do that and we're trying to continue to push um, learning more about uh, really selling a product, you know, online. You, you can go obviously into, there's, there's ways to sort of hack uh, Amazon algorithms and stuff like that, that can cost some decent money and, and decent time. So I haven't launched on Amazon. I've been more focused on like, how do I, how do I just do this in like a direct uh, way? But eventually we probably will go that route since it is sort of like a, it's SEO-esque. And I do have people that um, have sold a lot of product on Amazon that can kind of help me with that, but I have, just mm -hmm. haven't pulled the trigger there yet. Yeah. Um, you could go on Shark Tank, right? Not accept an <laughs> offer. That's a great way to market something like this. And you and your adorable family would undoubtedly get a lot of great attention on there. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I've, I've had family say that. Now, <laughs> I don't know how you go on, on Shark Tank with a, with a notebook, right? I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm uh, downplaying the idea too much, but uh, you know, I'm like, at the end of the day, it's a notebook. It just happens to be something that's made a huge impact in our lives when, when done consistently. And I just wanted to share, you know, some of that feeling like first with our friends and family who have bought them and started the process. And then, you know, with the wider world. So I, again, go, kind of, kind of going to like, I don't need to grow, grow, grow this thing. Um, I want to learn uh, how to, how to do this in a, in a repeatable fashion. And just getting some stories back of, you know, oh, my kid said this, or, you know, I gave it as a present and the person just loved it. Uh, you know, I want to buy another one. Like that's what I'm after right now. Yeah. Um, who does the fulfillment? Is there an, a third party that produces and fulfills or did you guys have to buy X amount of product? Yeah, I, I, I do it actually. Um, okay. Got a whole bunch of them sitting in our extra garage and I've got boxes and I've got a process laid out in my office here. Uh, you know, my kids come and help me with it. Um, and yeah, eventually we'll, we'll get to just a, you know, third party fulfillment type service. We'll send some to Amazon or whatever, but, uh, I like, I like seeing them. It, it kind of, even no matter what my day is like, if I have a bad day or something, I get some orders and I'm putting something in a box. Like it makes me feel pretty good. Yeah. Do you guys do a special note or do you have the kids write a note or something? Uh, we or have some, 
we have some inserts um, mm-hmm. that we put in there that kind of like have the, like a condensed version of the story. And um, my wife doesn't like this, but I, it has like the first quote that we ever wrote down. Um, it, it, she actually said, uh, we were sitting on the couch watching TV and she said, we were eating cheese balls. And she said, oh, yeah. man, I love to suck cheese balls. <laughs> and I just died. Like that was the reason why I was like, I got to write that down. Um, and <laughs> And so it's kind of got that little story to it. And um, I I like that it's, you know, something that's fun and funny. Like that's how we use it. Um, It doesn't have to be, but um, I think the funny moments are what we, you know, look back on and what we remember um, a lot more. And so to have like this just written log of them over time has been super powerful. Yeah, no, I, I think it's great. Um, as I was sharing before the show, you've given me a new appreciation for my husband's humor. So I'm definitely going to be buying a quote book. <laughs> um, one more question for you, Mike. This this shift in you from making decisions from your heart versus your head. How do you envision this translating, say, to your to your sons, you know, as you're teaching them about business and how do you like tactically, what are you doing either within your body or, um, maybe something else to get, cause that's a, that's actually a really hard thing to kind of retrain yourself to do, um, the whole head heart connection. So what are you doing tactically to, to make those decisions from a more heart-based place? And again, like, how are you going to teach your sons about that. Maybe you're already doing that through the work that you're doing in quote book too. Yeah. So I think that's, I think, you know, showing them an example, right. Is one way. The other way is, is leading, just leading by example. I'm not, I'm actually like a pretty big introvert. Um, I don't like talking a whole lot, um, but I carry myself in a certain way and I do things a certain way. And, and that certainly rubs off on, on kids. And so hopefully they've, seen some of that, uh, shift, but I think, um, there's a place for both, right? There's a place for the head and there's a place for the heart. And so I think where you're, where I want them to lead with their heart is in not thinking about how can I be a success, but like, how can I just enjoy my life? Um, and how does that feel? You know, I don't, they don't need to be lawyers or doctors. Like for me, you know, I, I hope, you know, one of them I think is going to be an artist, like, cool. Uh, we'll, we'll see. He's eight. So maybe not, but like, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to tell them and ask them, how does that feel? Uh, when, with the big decisions, I think that big, hairy, um, risky decisions, like, what do you want to do with your life? Right. I don't think you can think your way through that. I think I had that problem. Um, I think you have to, what, how does it feel right now? Go do that and then get the feedback. That's part of placing. It's part of the trading mentality actually, because when you do that, you're placing an initial bet, right? Okay. I, I feel this way. I have a hunch. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to get some feedback. And based on that feedback, I can either bet bigger by, contributing more time towards that, 
buying a course, learning a skill, going to college, whatever it might be, and continue down that path. Or I can say, no, that doesn't feel right anymore. I, I learned this and do something else. And that's how I've that's how I've built a portfolio strategy as well. Um, I don't know what's going to work. And so doing three of these at the same time and then doubling, selling something that maybe we can roll that capital into a higher performing asset and betting bigger on that. Um, that's the strategy. And I think that applies to life um, big time. And so I'm going to continue to work with the kids on that. I, that's how I talk to people that come to me for career advice um, or friends or whatever. I, I just say, here's what I don't do. Here's what I've learned. And I take this, try to take this portfolio approach and I try to never think that I'm right. I assume I'm wrong. And so starting by, with a feel and taking the first step is better than trying to think your way around the problem and taking way more time to come to the same conclusion and learning nothing except. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, I guess, hopefully that makes sense. That's uh, kind of the approach I'm take, trying to take with them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, are the boys interested in your other companies as well? Or is Quotebook kind of the one where they're most fascinated and drawn to? Um, they're, they don't really, they don't really quite understand like all the, the different things that I do. They, they know some yeah. of the investing stuff. Um, I still trade once in a while. And so I talk to them about stocks and that's great crypto and all of that. Um, but they don't really know all the other stuff. They're just, you know, I do some interviews here and there. Um, but it's, mo- it's mainly quote book. And I think that's just a really tangible way for them to get introduced to, um, to business and to making a product yeah. and cause it's, it's simple and it's easy and they can understand it. Yeah. Yeah. How, actually I do have one more question. Sure, How yeah. are you and your wife dividing kind of your, your home life and your tasks around the house. That's a, it's a, it's a great question. And it's part of how I've intentionally built my life. So Mm -hmm. she's a doctor, she's very busy. Um, and frankly, like I take a back seat, uh, my career, I should say, takes a back seat to hers. Like she's dealing with patients that have problems and, you know, doing a great, a great thing. And so, um, I've built, fortunately thought about this hard and that's why I don't want, uh, financing and I don't want to deal with like a ton of employees and a ton of customers and have, have all of this complexity because I am the one that is able to be around. Um, and if the kids have a problem at school, I can go pick them up. Um, so I'm kind of that one with the flexibility and that's, and I feel good about that. Like I've, I intentionally built, uh, this business to accommodate for that kind of thing. And, um, I wear it as a badge of honor and, and don't see it as a, as you should. Yeah. As you definitely should. Um, we, we have a client we've been working with for years and they're called city dads group. Um, and their dads just like you, you know, who've modeled their lives after, you know, in similar ways to yours. So they can be the dad that goes to the PTA meeting or the dad that's doing, you know, the school pickup or available more during the day. And, um, They've built actually like a really amazing network around the country. <clears throat> so I'll connect you to them too. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm unique in my peer group. 
I feel like, uh, of, at least of our friends, um, in, in our area, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just, I think it's great that I just feel, I, I just always feel good where I can drop something at the, you know, at the drop of a hat and, and be there for a game yeah. or whatever and not feel bad about it at all. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's awesome. Thank you for sharing the behind the scenes of your <laughs> life and your businesses and where's the best place for people to learn about you online. And also, can you share where they can buy a quote book? Sure. Uh, so I'll start with like quotebook uh, is at quotebookjournal.com. It's all one uh, one word. And um, careercloud.com is where you can view a lot of information about me. I host the podcast there. I'm the executive editor. You can get in touch with my team through that. I have a personal website, michaelgarden.com. Um, there's not a whole lot on there. Every once in a while, I'll throw something up, up there about being a dad, but that's where I'm kind of working out my my point of view uh, and, and what can mm-hmm. what can kind of cut across all of the different things that I do um, to sort of help help uh, spread the word about all of the different things. So there's not a whole lot there, but um, some of our projects that we work on are, are there. Um, those are probably all the best places to get in touch with me. I don't do a whole lot on, on uh, social media. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to the Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.